Welcome to the Startup of the Year podcast, where each episode we showcase exciting new companies from around the world. This podcast is produced by Established, creators of the Startup of the Year program. Established is focused on helping organizations with their innovation, startup, and communication strategies. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Start of Your Podcast. I'm Frank Gruber, the co-founder and co-CEO of Established, as well as the co-founder of Established Ventures, the team behind the Start of Your community and this very podcast. On this episode, we're going to hear an Ask Me Anything session from one of our 2020 Summit guests. Uh, she was actually uh, one of our speakers and has been a partner for a while. We're going to be talking to Carolyn Roz from Hello Alice. Carolyn is the founder and CEO of Hello Alice. And for those of you not familiar with Hello Alice, it's a company that helps small businesses find funding opportunities and experts for free. And uh, she's got an experience with her own companies as well. She started a retail line, which sold in 400 stores worldwide. She had a marketing firm, which was viewed as one of the early data analytics solutions for enterprise companies. And she also launched the first uh, completely virtual accelerator. Now, this investment banker turned three-time award-winning Latina entrepreneur from Bolivia is on the Fortune's Most Powerful Women list. So, done quite a bit in her, her career, and we're excited to talk to, her short, talk to her shortly. Before we jump into the interview, I wanted to share something about Startup of the Year. Our 2021 Startup of the Year application is open. If you have a startup with a founding date between 2015 and 2021, and you're raised, you've raised less than $5 million in funding, and have a functional prototype, not just an idea, but something out there that we can test out and look at, uh, then you should apply immediately. Uh, we're excited because... This will allow you to be a part of our summit, which is coming up in the fall. We're going to bring 100 companies together for additional opportunities to connect, showcase, and get potentially in front of some investors as well. And obviously, we're going to name a startup of the year at our annual summit. So that's exciting. So if you, if you fit that criteria and it sounds interesting to you, please apply and be a part of this amazing growing community. You can apply today at SOTY.link, so SOTY.link forward slash apply. Uh, it's the Startup of the Year short link. You can go to startupoftheyear.com as well to check it out uh, if that's easier. But uh, we'd love to have you be a part of this. And it's a pretty simple application that will allow you to get in there and, and be a part of it. So love to have you. All right, next up I want to just highlight a partner quickly. Uh, we've got a company that we invested in as part of our Startup of the Year um, you know, program as well as uh, you know we came through the program last year. And this year now, they're, they're doing great and growing, and the company's Finmark. It's a financial planning software for startups for revenue, forecasting, cash projections, and runway. Uh, it is one of the few products that we, we believe in and think that startups around the, the world should use and think it'll help you in your kind of everyday um, you know, analysis of what you're trying to do. And as you look to, you know, cash is king and uh, revenue forecasting and cash projections need to be right. So check out Finmark. You can sign up for a 30-day free trial on us if you go to est.us forward slash finmark est.us forward slash finmark so those are my two updates we're going to listen in to this ama ask me anything with carolyn Roz from hello alice you have such a unique background can you just start us off with telling a little bit more about how you got to the point of hello alice and how it started and maybe just a little bit about what you're really aiming to do there Sure. So I'm one of those entrepreneurs that has a really crazy resume um, and, and frankly tried a lot of different things before I landed on this space. But at the end of the day, Hello Alice is really the answer to what I wish I would have had when I started my very first company. I felt like in every other career path, there was a really clear direction for what you should do next and what decisions you should make and what kind of the next step was. And in entrepreneurship, it is quite the opposite. It's quite confusing. 
you never really know where you should be focusing your time or your energy. And there's a lot of time just spent learning, not how to run the specific business that you're running, but how to just be an entrepreneur. And that was the goal was how can we start to streamline that process and help people figure out the next step so that they can focus on the business they're trying to run versus learning about this much broader, bigger ecosystem. Uh, we started off, as you mentioned, with a virtual accelerator that was really focused on women. And, and part of my frustration at the time was I had just had my second child. I wanted to start another company and I kept looking at these accelerator programs and nothing existed in Houston. My husband works in energy. We couldn't just pack up and move. So either I needed to separate from my family uh, and being like the, you know, helicopter mom that I have to be. I was like, well, they're going to come with me and how can I do this with kids? And so that was my first pain point was why doesn't this exist for, for everybody? What about people who don't even live in the United States or have these great ideas and don't live in a city that might have the resources to host an accelerator program? And the more we dug into that, the more we realized that access was a problem, not just for women. Access was a problem for so many entrepreneurs from, from minorities, from immigrants, from women, um, people with disabilities, even white men who you know live in rural parts of the country or have certain disadvantages. And so there was this, this huge idea that what if we could use technology to provide access to every single entrepreneur, regardless of who they are, regardless of where they come from, to make sure that they're able to make smart decisions at every milestone of their company. Um, and so we created Hello Alice. As, and again, we wanted to make sure it was a free resource so that it was available to everybody. Well, you're... COVID response has just been remarkable and you do so much research in partnership with other organizations. What are you seeing out there right now as the really important issues that your members are encountering um, with the current state of the world? How is Hello Alice really that pathway for business owners in all of those dynamic environments to be able to really meet their challenges and goals? Our, I would say our business strategy for the year did a 180 with COVID, like for so many companies. We were all about helping companies thrive and there was this booming economy and things were going so well and small business owners were really bullish on what was coming. And then the pandemic hit and everything changed. And the, the great thing about our platform is that we are, we're built for quick response. We've always jumped in where there's natural disasters in a city. Um, how can we quickly support the small business owners that are there and help them pick up the pieces and, and move forward and connect to local resources? So we had that strategy sort of created and built um, and the technology built to support it. We never predicted it would ever be a widespread strategy that would impact our entire company. And so when the pandemic hit, um, our whole marketing strategy was very city focused. It was a lot of in-person events, going from city to city and being with these localized communities. And so we took a step back. We lost actually a ton of money and um, we had a huge launch plan at South by Southwest. We lost a lot and we took a step back and said, all right, after we got past kind of the own, our own reactions of how, how you know, it had turned everything upside down for us as entrepreneurs, we sat and said, you know what, this is actually turning life upside down for every single one of our owners. So how can we help and what's the very best way to help? And so we thought about all the things that we wanted as a business. Funding was, was the biggest hit to us and we knew it was going to be the biggest hit to a lot of people. So we had a grants program that we were planning to launch at the very end of the year um, as part of our kind of national strategy, really tying it into the election cycle and everything else. And we said, you know what, people need money now. Let's scrap all of that. Let's get money in their hands quickly. And so within literally days, we put up a grants program, a COVID emergency grants program in the COVID-19 business center. 
And I think because we moved so quickly, we had so many people reach out and say, look, you already got your grants program up and running. How do we contribute? How do we support? And this year alone, we've been able to give nearly $10 million in grants to small business owners. Next year, we only expect that to uh, multiply, which is really exciting. So it, it, what we realize is it doesn't take a lot of money. Most of our business owners wanted between ten dollars and $25,000 to help see them through the pandemic, um, which is, you realize it doesn't, it's, it's a little effort can go a really, really long way. Well, in, in addition to the COVID response, you've also been doing incredible work around advancing Latinx and Black founders. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about that work and what your advocacy, you know, what what your thesis is around why that um, is so important in terms of the in sort of in terms of your business strategy, but then also what what are you calling for out there in the world as you as you're doing that advocacy work? So I spend frankly most of the time strategizing around the business around what are the things that I want as an owner and what did I want when I first started my company, and as a Latina, I would get really frustrated. I used to go to a lot of events that were focused for Hispanic business owners. And I would go to a lot of startup events. I would go to a lot of small business conferences. And the disconnect in terms of the information I was hearing at each of those was so vast that it frustrated the heck out of me. When I would go to a Hispanic conference, I would hear things like, you need to prepare your business plan and go sit down with your banker and these really outdated things. And then I go to these startup events and it was like, you need like iterative thinking and you're going to go through these design sprints and you're going to like, you know, rapid fire and change these things and be really flexible and nimble. And that just, I kept thinking, why, why are these conversations so different? And why are all these Hispanics and Latinos, why are they hearing something that is so completely disconnected with the way the world works today? Um, you know, nobody should be spending $20,000 to build out their first website in this day and age. Those are the resources that they were getting connected with. Wow. And so that was the, a big piece of it was how do we start to bridge the gap between the small business and startup world? And how do we bridge the gap between the sort of very small circle that's in the know and connected to these networks of very successful entrepreneurs and a lot of the minority communities that are very disconnected and much more ingratiated into the small business world? where the SBA or a local chamber of commerce might be their only resource in terms of what they're learning from. How do we start to both up-level what the SBA and what the local chamber of commerce is providing? And so we partner a ton with those organizations who do great work, um, but also start to bridge the gap between the, the, you know, the things that are happening in Silicon Valley and in New York and a lot of these tech hubs. And so that there's one conversation around how to start and grow a company. I'm starting to see some questions coming in in the background one is around what resources you found to be most helpful as an entrepreneur. And I think that's so what that's probably partially informed. Hello, Alice, but, you know, in your personal journey, what resources, you know, the mentorship and the, where did you go to, to find what you needed? Well, I love reading. I'm a voracious reader and read it frankly every turn. Um, and I also love podcasts. So my first company failed uh, when I started that business, the retail company, I ended up closing it after two years. I spent a ton of money. I was broke at the end of it. And I kept seeing all these other entrepreneurs that were succeeding and I would read these stories. And I guess it was sort of my own pride, but I was like, I have to prove to myself that I can do this. And so I studied a lot what they were doing. I read every article I could find. I read every book I could find. Uh, I just listened to everything I could, I could listen to and set up coffees and uh, I, I got a job just to pay the bills in the interim, but my whole plan was, I'm going to do this again. I'm going to do it better. And I'm going to learn from the best of the best. 
And I didn't have any real sort of personal mentors at the time, but I did, I would say a lot of people that sort of mentored me and probably never even know that, you know, they don't even know my name. Um, that information really guided kind of how I thought about growing a business and the way my, you know, like just thinking differently about the examples I had seen. My father had a small business. So there was a lot that I learned from him, but it was just a very different, I think the path that I wanted was a much higher growth path. And, and so I learned from people that were doing it. And frankly, the world had just changed so much in all of those years as well, that it was a new way of doing business. So I would say read um, and learn as much as you can in whatever capacity makes sense for you, but study the people that you admire and emulate and want to follow in their footsteps. But then don't be afraid to put your own lens on it because there's a lot of lessons. Everybody's been through it and everybody's made mistakes. So learn from the mistakes so you can avoid those, but also figure out how you're going to challenge and change and do things a little better than the people before you did it. And that's something that I think the only way you could do that is by, by being really broad based in terms of what you're learning. I, I mean, even the name Hello Alice actually came from uh, reading Alice in Wonderland to my kids at the time. And I learned so many lessons from that book about building a company and what it means to, to sort of have that curiosity and create something that's new and never been seen before. Um, so just always be looking for new resources because there, I don't think there's a set path in terms of what's helpful. I just think it's curiosity that makes entrepreneurs really powerful. I would say curiosity and the ability to, to connect the dots in new and interesting ways. There's a question about resiliency. And I know you speak on the topic of failure in public often. Um, what can you say more about that, about what you have to say about failure in your own journey and how resiliency happened for you? So my company that failed, I will say it was the lowest point of my life, frankly, today. I was broke. I felt like I had just gone down a path that was, you know, I went from being this very successful investment banker, taking home these great bonus checks and, you know, having all of these things that frankly were sort of as a 25 year old at the time, I was you know, living a great life. And I left that and I put everything on the line and I felt like, I felt like it was going to work. Everything had always worked in terms of when I had like put all of my effort behind something. I'd always been, you know, at least you know, with had a modicum of success with it. This was a total bust. Uh, I was broke. I was worse off than when I started. I felt like I had just wasted this time in my life. I didn't know where I was going. I was embarrassed. I, it was kind of everything that I, I think there's just this element of like, it just knocks you down. And so for me, I getting back up, it was a process. It started with just getting my finances back in order. I sold my house. I got a little bit of money out of that. Uh, I paid off my credit card debt. I had a job at the time that was paying a third of what I left when I was in banking. It was, I didn't really have a whole lot of confidence at the time, but I'm, I would say very persistent and very stubborn and, and I wasn't going to let that be the end. And so I kind of took a step back and said, all right, if I was, if I were to go back and do all of that better, do I want to run that same company? And do I want to start it over? And the answer was no, I didn't have a whole lot of passion, I think for the business. Uh, anymore. But I did have a lot of passion for, I think, just what what I knew I could do. I just had something inside of me that, you know, what I, I can do better. And I know, I know I can do better. I know I've learned a ton. And so I took the next step, but I did it in a much more conservative way. I, I started a business that I could use my laptop and my cell phone. So I had no overhead. Um, I kept working side jobs as long as I could until I had a really good base of clients. I spent hardly any money, frankly, growing the company it was all about meeting people and building up clients and this really organic growth. 
And then once I started to sort of build up my confidence and see, okay, there is traction here and I'm able to provide value. And I feel more confident in the business that I'm growing. Then I started taking more risks and thinking a little bit bigger. And then ultimately, I think that's sort of what led to the next step of now creating a startup that was like much bigger. And I did put it all back on the line again and kind of went big because I had the confidence back. And, and frankly, if it had failed, I think I also had less of a fear of failure this time around. I knew I could pick up the pieces. I knew I could build something back. And so there wasn't sort of that hesitation that I had the first time, frankly, or even the second time. Um, I'd sort of seen worst case scenario. And in hindsight, I was like, you know what? It's not that bad. And there, there is a path going forward. So I always tell people, I guess, when it comes to resilience, just recognize failure is a step in the journey. Success is a step in the journey. It's all just part of a broader path. And you get to decide where that path starts and ends. It doesn't go according to the, the beginning and end of a company. It goes according to the beginning and end of your career. We have um, several uh, comments coming in about, from people who appreciate Hello Alice so much. So I will be sure to read those. But we have a question just around what you were just saying. What's really the biggest lesson that you learned the first time around? And I'm curious about how you're building your team now. So lessons learned first time around and how to build, how you're building a team. Oh my gosh, so many lessons learned. And I go back to them all the time. The first was, I would say the biggest one is lean on your network and ask for help early. And I feel like people always say ask for help, but in my first company, I always felt like I had to hit certain milestones before I could reach out to my network. Then I had a great network of incredible entrepreneurs from my investment banking days. I got to meet CEOs of billion dollar businesses and not that we were best friends, but I had their business card and I had their email address and I could have reached out to them. I just always felt like I needed more traction and I wasn't there. And what happened is I failed and I never got the chance to reach out to them when I needed it. I learned with the second company on day one, pick up the phone, talk to people about what you're doing, get their input, listen to their challenges, you know, listen to the things they love about it and just tweak and, and iterate every single day. And that's something I've never stopped doing. If I meet somebody nine times out of 10, I'm calling them the next week if I think there's some value that they can add to my business um, or if I think there's something I can learn from them. And on the flip side, I'm always sort of giving input to to others and, and just hope that sort of circle completes itself and people are willing to pitch in. Because at the end of the day, I think people want to see entrepreneurs succeed. It is the epitome of the American dream and we're all suckers for that. And when somebody's throwing everything and trying really hard, it's just natural. I think most humans just want to help you out, um, but they also want to hear how they helped you. And so giving the feedback and, and following up with people and saying, look, you gave me this advice you know, even if it was two years ago, they gave me the advice, I still pick up the phone and say, you know what, you gave me this advice. It was so helpful. Yeah. This is what it made me do and, and what it led me towards. I just want to say thanks. Um, story. Yeah, that's, I think that's probably the biggest one. And then in terms of hiring and team building today, I, I look for that, like just a hustle and hunger um, with employees. I think in the same way that I think it's the greatest quality of any successful entrepreneur, it takes a lot of persistence. It takes a lot of hard work and a lot of commitment to the mission. And so when we hire skill sets aside, to me, it's more about, do you absolutely love the idea of what we're building? Are you somebody who's shown a real tenacity in anything that you've put your mind to? Have you just shown a real commitment to it? And do you have the curiosity and willingness to learn? And none of what we're doing is rocket science. So I feel like if you have those things, 
we can probably plug you in wherever and you're going to figure it out. Obviously, we're getting more and more um, sort of, I would say, particular in terms of the skill sets that we're trying to bring in. And so we always look for those as well. Um, but those sort of baseline things are things that we never veer from. Well, that's a great segue into this compliment about the work that um, your team is doing to provide great resources. Um, social media, this person is just sharing with the audience um, how they share your platform with other people all of the time. Keep up the thank great you all. That is the greatest gift any of you can give to me. So thank you. I just want more and more people to know about it. And at the same time, I think the feedback from all of our community is so valuable because we we do read. Uh, I mean, I am on the Alice at Hello Alice email every day, and I read every email that comes through. Um, and we take that feedback very, um, very much sort of internally with our team and, and process every bit of it. Well, and to the idea of mission, this comment is about how much you're doing for you know different minority groups who are uh, underrepresented in so much of not just. Um, in the business world, but of course, in our entrepreneurship ecosystems. And this person is specifically speaking to um, the the Asian American identity the in the world of you know hate crimes and what's being reported in the media. Again, appreciating what the platform is doing. But this goes back to a question someone asked earlier in the chat: How do we use data to drive more inclusion in the tech sector? So data for us is, I think this probably goes back to my investment banking days and I'm, I'm just a data nerd myself. And so we always were like, there, there's our own experiences in terms of what we're seeing and feeling and doing as entrepreneurs building companies. And then there's certainly the circle of entrepreneurs that we get to interact with on a daily basis and who we're hearing from and all the anecdotal components, which very much shape what we do and how we think about the ecosystem. But there's also, I think, the real value of, of our platform is the ability to get a lot of information about hundreds of thousands of entrepreneurs and all of the differences and nuances of their unique experiences. And so every every time we're looking at data, and it can be as simple as, you know, should this button be square or round, or should it be purple or red? Like anything that we're looking at is always data-driven, not just is the community at large engaging with it, but if we start to silo and say, okay, if we look at women entrepreneurs, or if we look at Hispanic entrepreneurs, or if we look at female African-American veteran entrepreneurs, are they actually engaging with these features and are they getting the same support as another demographic? And so we're always, we sort of have a baseline as our, our broad community. And then we start to look within each group, are there any sort of major outliers that we need to start to look at? And an example is, um, for those of you that are on the platform, you'll know on the profiles, we have um, an Alice introduce me button uh, that where you can get connected with people through their profiles and it used to say uh connect and it was sort of a very basic like just connect and we thought that was really intuitive and we found that women were much less likely to engage with that feature than men um, and when we started digging in with owners we're like what what gives like why aren't you why aren't you clicking on this they're like oh it just feels sort of presumptuous and i don't know this person and you're telling me to connect and um, so when we did this introduce me we saw it all of a sudden it started to even out a lot more across demographics. And, and so we're always testing for really, really minor things like that, that the power of a word or the power of color or placement um, can be incredibly powerful. Well, to build on that question a bit, this audience member, and I do not know their gender or their identity. So this is asking blindly, but they're asking exactly that question. How do you help find people, experts that can help you, whether it's you know things like your website or 
finance and marketing, when you have an idea, how, how do you make those connections and um, learn to build trust with that network as you grow it? Any well, trust for us. <laughs> yes, trust is so important. And we always say the number one thing, like we absolutely cannot lose the trust of the owners on our platform. And we don't call them users um, like many tech companies do. We call them owners because they are small business owners. And we always try to remind our team they're real humans on the other side of the computer. And that's one of the reasons that you'll see we do a ton of webinars and a ton of events just because we always want the whole team to be deeply ingratiated into the experiences of the owners we support. Uh, we also have sort of a like, let's say that's probably the one area where we're very free with our budget in terms of if you have a way that you want to support an owner as an employee at our company, just raise your hand. And like, I don't know that the answer's ever been no, in all honesty, or when it comes to the owners, we'll sort of pull out all the stops. Um, the other thing I think in terms of how do you build trust partnership for us has been key startup of the year. Establish is a great partner of ours, um, but we have so many others in, in pockets, everything from um, working with, you know, the NAACP or working with um, local churches in certain communities we have all, I mean, at all levels, whether it's really large organizations or really small organizations, just learning where are the owners in these communities, where are they naturally kind of engaging and who are they turning to for support and how can we step in and say, look, we want to help and you tell us how we do a lot of listening just tell us what you need. And we're going to go try to find the resources to do it. So sometimes they'll say, look, we just need money for this program. And we're like, awesome. We're going to go talk to our partners or we're going to introduce you to these companies where we may not really have a role in it, but we feel like down the road, hopefully you're going to remember that we did something to help you. Yeah. Um, and that sort of comes full circle. The other piece is um, getting real, again, just listening to our owners at every turn. So we do a lot of, of information gathering. We do owner testing, for every feature we roll out. And, and we love people that give us really consistent feedback. The, the audience of Startup of the Year are primarily people who are in the early stage, you know, pre-seed, seed stage rounds of building their businesses. And um, I share the sentiment where I'm constantly sending other entrepreneurs to your platform to see what they could gain. But could you give us just a little bit more of a feel for, you know, reasons to, to become part of the Hello Alice community and what, like, Give us some tips and advice on how to really take advantage of, of the Alice platform. Sure. Uh, well, I encourage you all to check it out. It's free. So you've got nothing to lose by testing it out for yourself. But our goal is, again, helping you through that path. And so everybody's dealing with different milestones at different times, whether it's trying to hire and build your team or get a social media following or open a store or set up online or whatever it might be. Uh, we have how-to guides around um, a lot of those decisions, and we're adding new ones weekly. We have um, a ton of upcoming opportunities. So things like grants, we work with organizations across the country, just pushing any grants that we can find that are relevant for small business owners. They're all filtered down to what's relevant for you so that when you're searching, you can see what actually makes sense for you as an entrepreneur. And, and then the community, we have um, close to 300,000 entrepreneurs that are active within our community. So if you ever have a question, it's very likely that someone's already been through it and not only somebody, but probably somebody in your same line of work. Uh, and then the data reports that we share every quarter, sometimes more often, but at least every quarter we're sharing out new data reports just to give some insights into where entrepreneurs are, what they're struggling with, what they need. 
And we take that information and it's all comes from the community. So it's things that people are sharing with us throughout the platform. We take that information and then our job is to turn around and go shop it to the powers that be and say, how can we bring in the resources to go solve for these problems? And so we work with governments, uh, we work with, and, and at all levels at city, state, federal um, governments, we work with corporations, we work with large nonprofit organizations. We wanna make sure that we're not just saying, look, here's the data and here's what it says, but we're actually saying, here's the data and here's what it says, and here's what we did to go help and solve for it. So as you've scaled Hello Alice, and this is more on the personal side as an entrepreneur, where are you finding inspiration? What what keeps you motivated through the time of COVID and everything else that's happening in the world? I I mean, I will say this company for me is like such a clear North Star, more than any other business that I built. I just get so excited by the mission every day. And when I'm tired and when I'm like sort of worn out and just I don't have anything left in me, it seems like every time, I don't know why it is, but every time I sort of take a step back, I'm like, I just need like a weekend. I'm not gonna turn on the computer. I'm not gonna do anything. I'll turn the computer on Monday morning and there will be like the most beautiful email from some business owner about something that happened for their business because of our platform. And it's like all of that passion gets reignited again. It's, we just constantly have these stories. And so that for me is, is the greatest excitement. Um, it's just learning from, all the business owners out there. And I, I think about the, the big the big problems that our world is trying to solve. And I always go back to small business. When I think about just racial inequities and what's happening in a lot of these communities, I know if people were empowered with small businesses, 90% of those problems would be solved for. And, I, and even the big ones, I think about things like climate change. I'm like, it all goes back to entrepreneurship and innovation at the end of the day. So to me, it is... I don't know, education and small business for me have always been like, I feel like if we have those two things, uh, we can solve a whole lot. Thank you, Carolyn. It's great to hear from one of our longtime partners and really appreciate you joining us. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode and you were able to take something interesting away from the conversation. If you you enjoyed the podcast and you want to share your insights or share your thoughts, please do um, You know, drop us a review and let us know what you're thinking. Or just, you know, share it with a friend if you think it would be helpful for them. Sharing is caring, and we do appreciate the, the love. So thanks so much for doing that. And uh, if you're thinking about starting up, um, before you, if you're, if you're actually doing it or if you're in the process, you know, we'd like to invite you to join our community today. Um, aside from just the program that I mentioned earlier, you can join our community and be a part of access to support, expert advice, and resources that you may need to continue your journey. So simply go to est.us forward slash join, est.us forward slash join, and be a part of our community. It's growing every day. We've got a Slack channel and a number of other things that, um, ongoing events and things that will help uh, connect you and, and as well as, um, you know, keep you going on that journey because we know it's not an easy one. If you have a startup idea and you want to get it going today, today is the best day to start up. Don't wait. Something could come up tomorrow. It could rain. We never know. Something could happen. So get it going. Get it started. Iterate. You're going to learn along the way and uh, it's going to be a heck of a ride. So until next time, I'm Frank Gruber signing off. Thanks again for listening and uh, everyone be well out there. Thanks for listening to the Startup of the Year podcast. Be sure to subscribe and we'll be back with another episode soon. 